The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, here we go again, headed into 2012. So many things coming down the road toward us, and so many things that people can worry about. And there is some things to be concerned about, but not to worry about. Be concerned because we need to make decisions on what we know is coming down the road to us and how we react to that. Rather than just say, well, when it happens, then I'll deal with it. This is head in the sand mentality. It's not going to work for 2012 and 13 and for the near future. You need to be thinking, people. And you need to be changing your mentalities. Before we went on the air, Riaz had a letter he read to me, or I read it. And so we decided to read it now because it shows wrong mentalities. And yet, this prevails in the church and in people's thinking. This is a letter that we received from Massachusetts in the United States, and it reads, Are you confusing your isms? There is Americanism and Catholicism, and never the two shall meet. It is impossible to be a good American Catholic, 
because both of these doctrines are at times contradictory. A case in point is your recent broadcast of Medjinomics, Where Does This Thinking Come From? I have attached a copy of an article from Catholic News Service, Be Either a Good American or a Good Catholic and Learn to Tell the Difference. This comes from reading the Church Fathers, or Church Doctrine, not from places like Maria Valtorta. G.K. Chesterton said, The most dangerous man is the one who thinks he knows the will of God. Do you allow the possibility that you could be wrong with this and other points? Many of the things you say do not hold up to scrutiny. P.S. Why is 90% of your talks on Medjugorje about dirt, cows, silver, and farming instead of the messages? I tell you this, the person in the city will benefit just as much as a country hick if the one in the city is living the messages. Well, part of my answer is this song. I stumbled on a preacher Sunday morning All decked out and made up for TV Asking for some money from God's people Talking all that high theology well, I might be just an old blue collar there's things about the Lord that I don't know But I bet he never had a million dollars Or wore a lot of stylish fancy clothes Cause Jesus was a country boy Walking down a dirt road with everything that he owned He never met a stranger Born in a barn underneath the stars his mama laid him in a manger Swimming in the river, fishing for his dinner Living with the sinners like me Makes me think Jesus was a country boy My daddy never cared much for religion And my mama worried a lot about his soul She'd hit her knees and pray for him on Sunday While daddy hit his favorite fishing hole You see daddy was a rebel and a rambler But I always knew he loved my mama's soul I never doubted he'd make it to heaven Cause it ain't who you are It's who you know And daddy knew That Jesus was a country boy Walking down a dirt road With everything that he owned He never met a stranger Born in a barn Underneath the stars His mama laid him in a manger Swimming in the river Fishing for his dinner Sinners like me Makes me think Jesus was a country boy Oh yes and I believe That Jesus was a country boy 
Years ago, I put together a project called for the calling for the refugees or the <clears throat> program of Medjugorje during the war to be aided by things that we could send over there. And we were very successful at this. So successful, we had to rent whole DC-9 planes, huge planes, ship containers over. We ended up shipping millions and millions of dollars with the medical supplies, helping a lot of people. But like we always do, we like to stay in the background. And so I put together a panel of doctors and nurses to fly over on one of the planes. And they handed this stuff out. And it was so... in the front of the cream of a mission that all the consolation, we did all the work. Doctors and nurses, I put them in position where they they enjoyed the cream. They just distributed it. And they saw and felt this rush of, look what I'm doing. Well, we sat in warehouses. We palletized things. We sorted things. A lot of work. No sleep. By the time this crew got back, the doctors had formed their own nonprofit organization. This looked so easy they could do it. And I warned him beforehand, don't get carried away with your ego. Well, one Sunday, after they had tried for two months and failed, and we were continuing sending our shipments, one of the doctors wanted to meet with me. And as this letter says, a country hick, the counter of a country hick is a city slicker. So his doctor wanted to meet with me. He wanted to go back down and meet Beside my cement pond, city slickers call them swimming pools. We sit on chairs face to face. He went on this diatribe saying, we did this and we did that and we did that. We want to do this and we failed and, you know, you abandoned us. I said, you did your own. You run your organization, I run mine. He got in my face and he says, you don't understand. I'm a doctor and you're just a redneck. I said, that may be the case, but this redneck's in charge. So, this high theology, this letter, is exactly what's wrong with our whole mentality in the church. This is a result of, of a promotion of socialism. Are you confusing your isms? This letter says. There is American and Catholicism. And never the two shall meet. Where is that thinking come from? I don't know that thinking. It is impossible to be a good American... Catholic, because both of these doctrines at times contradict each other. Wow, that's slick. That's real slick, Slitty Slicker. See how they change the words American Catholic? Maybe that's the case, but it is possible to be a good Catholic American. We're not putting Americanism over our faith. In fact, if you understand America, it won't do that itself. The Constitution doesn't do that. It wants you to flourish in who you are as a Catholic or a Christian and for the church to flourish. Not freedom from religion, but freedom to express our religion. We're over that. Our Bible's over the Constitution. And in fact, the Constitution and this founding documents are from the Bible. If you care to check that out, it's not socialist, it's freedom. And so, yes, it's possible to be a Catholic American. But as this is slickly wrote, American Catholic, does that mean something else?
I heard about Rich Santorum reading the winning the Iowa caucus the other night. People say Mitt Romney won it by eight votes, but he came out of the blue. He was really the winner in what happened. Not endorsing anybody. What I'm saying is the point is I heard what he said in the beginning, so I got the transcript of what he said after this big win coming from nowhere. And the whole thing began about God. About values. About his grandfather. Something that you don't usually hear. You won't hear in Europe. From an American. American who is a Catholic. Who didn't put his faith underneath. Well now I'm running for public office. I can't speak. I would say this is a good Catholic American. And I think. And I dare say. He would probably describe himself. He's a good Christian. He's a good Catholic. He's not ashamed of who he is. So this mentality, I don't relate to what you wrote, Mr. Massachusetts. I don't know where you're coming from. Where does this thinking come from? Yes, that was a show about socialism, about socialist justice. Social justice is very clear. It's about one thing, returning injustice back to justice. No more than that. It's not about getting the government to do this, feed the people, take care of this, take that. That's the church's responsibility. And of course, this show was about the government's got to provide this and the government has to do this. The health care, the whole thing about this. This individual writes about that. In fact, he quotes and sends with his letter Catholic News Service. That's who he bases everything on, saying it's the church fathers. The church fathers were known as the desert fathers. Was that the city? Why do you suppose this person would say, country hick? Who's condescending? I think there's some holy people in the city. I think there's some good people in the city. But I tell you, everyone I know that's into the message is praying, is longing to get out or to create some kind of agrarian closeness to the soil and the city. So we have Cain who killed Abel. What did God do? He banned him for the, from the soil. Cain complained about that. Where shall I go? What shall I do? I'm a rock man. He said, no one will be able to kill you or they'll be punished sevenfold. He marked them. And what did he do? He went and founded a city. Isn't that interesting? What's the significance of that? He was so worried about being banned from the soil. The significance is that Adam, after his fall, was told, by your bro- the sweat of your brow shall you eat. The grand way of life, agricultural, subsistence living, farming, whatever category you fall in, or however your mentality is toward it, closeness to the soil is what's important. You don't get God in the city in the same way you get God in nature. The city breeds one thing, and nature breeds another. They're coming out with incredible things now. Scientists are... MIT people, all of them about creation that has proven more and more the existence of God. Phenomenal ways. We may do a special show, it's so incredible. 
Are they finding it in the city? What man built? Nope. He writes, I tell you this, the person in the city will benefit just as much as a country hick if the one in the city is living the messages. Sure he will. And he'll also have in his heart to long to get him a little patch of land somewhere. Be a lover of the city? Lot was told to leave it because who bred what they bred in the city in, in Sodom? Where'd it come from? From the rural areas? You won't see that growing in the rural areas. They're trying to attack the rural areas to make that happen now through the school systems. Look it up. Look up your GSA. See what it's breeding. Google G- D- GSA. The garbage, the trash. So you say, the city, the exalted city. This mentality is full of the city. And most of the people listening to this are in the city. They're not condemned because of that. They're called to change it. At least it's changed the direction of your life. So the person in the city will benefit just as much as a country if the one in the city is living the messages. Everyone I talk to who prays and lives the messages see what's coming down. And a lot of them want to flee the city. Flee the city? Where does those words come from? It's scriptural. Flee the cities. Think about it. What does it mean? What is the modern culture? Where is it most bred? Look at his art. Picasso, this guy's heart was sick. This is not art. God is order. What he did was disorder. Can one live in the city? The cities used to be rural. They used to be keep pigs in the city. Well, that's a good one. The letter says, Why is 90% of your talks on Medjugorje about dirt, cows, silver, and farming? Well, I remember Jesus talking about the soil. I remember Jesus talking about manure, which comes about as a result of the cow from manure in the tree. I remember Jesus talking about silver when he gave it, the, the master gave it to the three to go bury it. And frequently, Jesus talking about farming. It's scriptural. It's there. And most of Jesus' parable was just about that. In almost all cases, And he said, instead of the message, it is the message. Do you get it? Our lady's talking about the heart being plowed of soil. Our lady talks about the wheat fields. Our lady talks about the, the grapes. It's in the message. It is the message. How can it not be when it's God's creation? Go out in creation. Go out in nature. Go into your park in the city. New York Central, carry a gun. You better. You're free. What is God calling us to do? Where is he saying? Only one time did Our Lady speak about the city. And it's been twice, but one was not in the context of city itself. She says, go out in the city and see the streets who don't, the people who don't believe. It wasn't a positive message. 
does God come to condemn? In no way. But there is a new culture going to be built. And where people populate, it's not going to be as we live now. On November 6, 1982, concerning a secret, Mariana is frightened and praised Our Lady for mercy on mankind. I prayed that punishment has been softened. Repeated prayers and fasting reduce punishment from God. But it's not possible to avoid entirely the chastisement. Go on the streets of the city. What? She said, go out into your streets. Go out on your rural roads. Go down to your barn on the path there. When you go milk your cow. You hick. No, Ale says, go on the streets of the city. Count those who glorify God and those who offend him. God can no longer endure that. Where does the change of the culture come from? The city. It's tempo. It's contemporaneous. It's progressivism. And you try to tell me it's good? And you try to tell me it's negative? That everybody else is just hicks? I tell you what. Maria loved this song about Jesus was a country boy. And she's a country visionary. This hick has people listening to her all over the world. So city slicker, you want to defend that. You're all, all your high theology. That's what's wrong with the church. This high theology. Catholic news service is so full of garbage, so twisted about what the church teaches. The liberals who write for them, they birthed. They literally birthed. Look what happened while you're sleeping. If you want to read something, Mr. Massachusetts, read that. I'm not condemning you. I'm condemning your mentality. You wrote, C.K. Chesterton said, the most dangerous man is the one who thinks he knows the will of God. You do? It is you who said this. I've always told people, I've got to struggle to know the will of God. I'm doing what I'm doing because I walked away from business. This community, people walked from all, all different places in the country to do the will of God and search for it. And every day we pray and search for it. But you're an inserter. Your mentality is an inserter placing you between the church and this is what the church says. You twist it. And if your facts are based on CNS, uh, CNS Catholic News Service, shows you how little you know. It's the worst source to get your information from. Oh, Maria Vaughn told her it's a lot better. A lady didn't say go read NS, uh, NCS. She said you must read Maria Vaughn or rather the point man God. And you don't you want to question that? I wrote directly to Cardinal Ratzinger. He gave it to John Paul. John Paul gave it to Catholic bishops. The Catholic bishops gave it back to John Paul. John Paul sent it to Ratzinger. And he sent a letter to my bishop. I said, Catholics can read this book. Just don't declare it supernatural. That's fine with me. There's wisdom in these books. Perhaps you should start reading them instead of Catholic News Service. Catholic News Service wrote an article about Pope John Paul at the catacomb, or rather at the Colosseum in Rome at Easter, and out of a thousand word speech that John Paul gave, he gave, they gave 16 words. I counted them, I looked at it. And it was through that frustration of seeing this propaganda put out by the inserters saying this is what the church is teaching, this is what they revise, the revisers of history, the twist people who, who don't have common sense and are gullible and who believe this trash 
because they're so intellectual and they're so high in their, their theology that they don't know the real teachings of Christ. I wrote, look what happened when I was sleeping to explain that. So I think that kind of mentality, because that's why I wrote that book. I decided then that's it. And if you go in there, you'll see that. The whole story's in there. And so we have many things happening in this country that we are now pushing for the social agenda, the hatred toward class classes, the poor against the rich, the rich against the poor. This is what this breeds. The government needs to do this, not doing enough for people. Well, where does this come from? It's the church's failure. It's the people in the church. It's the people running the church's failure. It's we Christians. Everybody out there listening to this can name one Catholic or Christian hospital in their town. St. Vincent, St. Jude, Baptist hospitals, St. John hospitals, I really like hospitals, on and on. Well, why is that? It's because the Christians, the Catholic Church, are the ones that took care of health care. The problem that is not working now has to be blamed back on us. We're no longer our brother's keeper. We're into selfishness, selfism, myism. This is what this is about. Get the government to do it. I don't want to pay it. Get the rich to do it. They're taking from us. This is the ism that you're confusing as you start off your letter. Are you confusing your isms? The following is from uh, Chuck Colson. It's titled, A Nation of Victims. And he begins saying, Social scientist Charles Sykes tells the story of a man who embezzled $2,000 and used it for gambling. When he was fired for his crime, the man began to look for someone to blame. Going to court, he successfully argued that his gambling behavior was a handicap protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and his employers were forced to reinstate him. It's a classic example of how deeply victim psychology has permeated our culture. How did a country known for its rugged individualism turn into a nation of professional victims? Psychologist Paul Witz says we can thank the rise of what he calls selfist psychology. In Psychology as Religion, the Cult of Self-Worship, Witz argues that modern psychology has embraced narcissism and self-worship or selfism. Selfism's fixation on personal rights has produced a citizenry who pledge allegiance not to family, church, or community, but to actualizing themselves. In view of the many rights Americans now presume themselves to have, Fitz writes, it's inevitable that one of them will eventually be violated. When that happens, too many of us enroll ourselves in the Victim of the Month Club. There's no shortage of categories where victims of racism, promiscuism, looksism, sizeism, and ageism, were victims of smoking, alcohol, promiscuousness, and gambling addictions. Some people claim to be victims of compulsive gossiping, shopping, eating, and chronic lateness syndrome. What's happening here? Are folks being abducted by a deranged shopping cart, one that snarls, take me to Walmart and nobody gets hurt? Do roving gangs of Hershey bars fling themselves into the mouths of helpless victims? As Vitz writes, we now have so many addictions that the total accounts for well over 100% of the American population. It would be funny if it weren't so serious. The obsession with individual rights reveals how deeply selfish psychology conflicts with Christian teachings. Where selfism demands rights, 
Christianity encourages duty. The selfist says, what's in it for me? The Christian wonders, how can I serve others? The selfist whines, I am a victim. The Christian acknowledges, I am a sinner. One way to fight the temptation to seek out our identity in a victim group is to consciously deepen our commitment to communities that selfism has done much to destroy. Family, church, and neighborhood. That is what the early church did. At the end of Paul's letters to the Romans, he warmly greets the many friends and family members who worked and suffered on his behalf and praises their hard work and commitment to one another. This exemplifies and points out the isms of those who depend on the government instead of getting out and living their Christian principles and not be slothful or lazy. If something does befall you and you have to lose your job suddenly, you don't just sit around and wait without the government take care of you. Well, I'm, I'm on vacation for 13 weeks or 13 months now. Get out and do something. There's a lot can be done. You can be industrious. This nation gives that right. That's the rights to take. Not that somebody owes you and he's got to take care of you, cradle to grave. And so this has been taught by these committees that's going and advising in the church and adopting these things. This is not, not Jesus' way. It's not the desert father's ways. They wouldn't say, you owe me because I'm studying scriptures out here in the desert. You owe me food. Francis worked. He did something in his witness. People took care of him, but he never was not welfare. His work. It may have been spiritual work, but he was in the work. And so we've confused what's real and what's not. We've fallen in this pattern that this is delegated now to the government. The church can take care of all these things, and it's the church's duty. It's the Christian duty. Once you understand these things, then you can see the way, and you won't be duped by this socialist agenda of justice. It's two different things. Don't confuse the two. So how is this tied into economics? Everything. Everything's built on economics. It's why we're suffering. It's why our lady says Jesus is the light of common sense. Common sense is learned in an agrarian lifestyle or subsistence lifestyle. You learn more that way than you do any other way. Working with creation. Are you scared of that? Do you want to deny it? Right now it's a choice. Later it's mandatory. Because when you get hungry, you're going to be sitting there not want to be a city slicker. And for those in the city that's already seeing these things, God bless you. God bless you for living that message. You're not part of the city slick. You're part of the wisdom. And you're seeing and thinking things I need to change now. Follow that. Because the economy, the economic situation, is all has to be put within the context of your, your own autonomy and you manage it. Not what the city, not what the big cities have done, not what they offer us. Don't buy into the lie. The consumerism, the materialism, the clothes, the fashions. To be ready, you got to get ready. Now's the time to get ready. Frank? Yeah, we're um, a very fortunate and, and glorious generation that we have Our Lady every day for almost 31 years. And certainly mm -hmm. we can say that this generation or those that are 
following Our Lady's message have a, a greater light or have um, greater enlightenment than any other generation because of her and because of what she's coming to tell us. And she does tell us to read Matthew every Thursday about money, about not to worry about what we're to wear, not to worry about what we eat, physical things, cows. And she doesn't say not to be concerned, or the, the gospel doesn't say not to be concerned. The gospel says not to worry, but to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours besides. So this is very much Our Lady's message, of course. And um, a lot of people are concerned about the price of silver because, um, and I want to put this into perspective and use Matthew's gospel to put this into perspective. It's not the way that we should be looking at it. It's not the way that anyone has ever looked at something physical and tangible that's been of tremendous worth and is tremendously undervalued. But just to put it into perspective, and, and you can call me to to find out what's going on with the price. I don't mind this at all. If people call me, they're not interested in buying. They're already fully invested. Most people that are paying attention are. I don't have any trouble with this. And there's there's lots going on, but we can't. We don't have time to cover it. But what I, what I found today was very interesting, and it was Matthew 20 and the parable of the landowner and the vineyards. And it, it's very much, I think, a parable for our generation to understand. And you, you know the parable. The, the ones that came in the morning were given a denarius, a tenth of an ounce of silver. The ones that came at midday were given a denarius, a tenth of an ounce of silver. The ones that came at the eleventh hour were given a denarius. And certainly those that worked the whole day said, this is not fair. It doesn't seem fair. But why is Jesus using this parable about silver, and, and what does it tell our generation? If you bought silver at the very top because you read this book, you did the right thing. You got a denarius for a take-home pay of a minimum wage employee for one hour. You got the you came in at the eleventh hour. We were idle. Our lady's telling us we're still idle. The harvest is ready. She's saying, "Confess our sins of omission," and the harvest is ready. And and we at the eleventh hour get silver real money for less than any other generation. They could have the right to complain. Why does this generation have this opportunity with Our Lady to, you know, um, honor her as Queen Mother in this miraculous medal and this opportunity to evangelize and this opportunity to change the lives of so many? And it's because we're concerned with each other. And those that are praying and seeing this, it doesn't matter what price they purchase silver for. What matters is the mystical body of Christ on earth is purchasing silver at an incredible price, and it's been an incredible price since the book has been released. It's less than a, you know, now a half an hour of minimum wage for a denarius. This is an incredible thing. We live in incredible times, and we need to look at this for what it is, not in, in terms of selfishness or in terms of, you know, Hoarding, what it, but what what is God's ways, and what is how did how did He mean, make our means of exchange, and what is the purpose? And the purpose, the purpose, of course, is not silver. The purpose is to live in an environment, a way that God permits that He can speak to you more clearly, and be it city. If you've got your garden there, and you're getting close to subsistence living, 
You better head toward that. Every indication, the storms in the skies there is showing what's coming. And so uh, adding to that and to call us back to that for people, maybe new listeners, we struck the Maracas Metal Magic around with the Maracas Metal on it, specifically for the purpose that there's got to be a means of exchange out there. People will wake up more and more and see that silver will be something that cannot be valueless because it has intrinsic value, unlike the dollar or the yen or anything else out there or the euro. It's value. In and of itself has value. And it's able to store your labor or store that extra car you sold and you got to put it in something until you can get to your land. That car is worth, is transformed into that silver. That silver is exchanged with America's metal on it, which transfers into conversion. Why not turn something you have to use instead of dollars into something that can be used spiritually, seeking first God's kingdom? That's the philosophy behind it. It's been successful. So, before we end the show uh, and give uh, Frank, well, how did they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can call us toll free at 877-936-7686. Uh, you can visit us online at globalsilvers.com, globalsilverinvestors.com, and you can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Um, I'd like to add one more song. Give me another Hicks song. This is my house, this is my heaven, this is my land, this is my living, this is my wife, these are my children, this is my blood. Well, these are my boots, this is my tractor, and these are my hands, this is my hammer, this is my sweat, this is what matters, this is my blood. It's my life that you're looking at when you're passing by. It might not look like much to you, but in these eyes of mine. This is my church. This is my Jesus. This is my strength. This is my weakness. This is my flag. This is my freedom. This is my love. It's my life that you're looking at. It might not look like much to you, but in these eyes of mine. This is my church. This is my Jesus. This is my strength. This is my weakness. This is my flag. This is my freedom. This is my blood. This is my house. This is my heaven. This is my land. This is my living, this is my wife, these are my children, this is my blood. This is my life, this is what matters, this is my blood. 
This is our blood. This is our flag. Christian Americans. You're from another country? Love your motherland. God delights in that. It's who you are. It's who we are. We love souls. And us hicks, we wish you our lady. And us hicks, we love the city people too. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.